0: Welcome to wake up and pay attention. The podcast fueling positive change from the inside out. I'm Mark Robertson, your host with over 25 years as a professional coach, I'm thrilled to explore the personal growth tools that have helped me and hundreds of people just like you design and awaken to their best life. If you've ever felt overwhelmed and unfulfilled, like you're just going through the motions day after day, maybe you're afraid one day, all the balls are going to drop you're in the right place. Together, let's expand our self-awareness and make sustainable shifts that improve our communication skills, relationships, and overall well-being. This is a judgment-free zone where openness, understanding, and support rule. So grab your headphones and get ready. It's time to wake up and pay attention. Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Wake Up and Pay Attention. I'm Mark Robertson. I will be your podcast host and facilitator for this journey. Today is the very first episode of this, so we're just getting started today, so I appreciate you tuning in and listening if you're listening to the podcast. The first thing I want to do is actually to introduce myself. As I said, my name is Mark Robertson and tell you a little bit about myself. I've been an executive coach now for, this is my 25th year that I've been doing coaching but I've been actually exposed to the ideas that I'll be sharing with you in this journey for 33 years now. So for a long time, I've been playing with and exploring the concepts that I'm going to share with you and applying them to my own life. And it's been an incredible journey in that regard. So why this podcast now over my 25 years of being an executive coach, I've had a number of people that have come up to me and given me feedback on you should write a book or you should do a radio show. You've got a great voice for radio. And quite honestly, I've been really interested in doing a radio show over the years. And in fact, I don't know, probably 15 years ago, I actually was on a Sunday morning radio show here in Nashville and and enjoyed it and explored doing my own radio show for a while, but it just never really got off the ground and business continued and life continued and things happened. And so it was last fall actually just a few months ago and that thought occurred to me again about doing a radio show and of course now at, in 2024 radio shows in many ways are outdated so the thought occurred to me popped into my head i'm gonna do a podcast and there was an energy and a strength to the idea that was a lot more intense than there ever has been and so here we are i have finally decided to investigate and pull the trigger And here we are on the podcast, Wake Up and Pay Attention. So I want to start by just giving you a little background on myself and then talk a little bit about why I chose the title that I chose and why I think it may apply to you and why you might be curious about the title and how it could be helpful to you. Today, I really give you an intro into the kind of coaching that I do and the ideas that I've been exploring for over three decades now, which are called ontological design in a way. I'm an ontological coach. And so we'll talk more about that later. And then I'll give you a little bit of an introduction to what you can expect from me in the podcast. If you stay on this journey with me, what can you come to expect along the way? And then we'll wrap it up for today's first episode. So let me do an introduction, a little background on myself. So what do you need to know as it relates to the guy that you're listening to? And there's so much I could share with you, but let me just start from the beginning. I am 58 years old, turned 58 in November. I live in Nashville, Tennessee. I have my own condo here in town. And actually, a little tidbit, this is actually just recently bought this condo last year and it was my 20th move in the city of Nashville in the 35 years that I've lived here. So I've done a lot of moving and what I'm about to tell you next will make sense of that, which is that I'm a military brat. My father was in the Air Force. And so I was born in 1965 in Orlando, Florida. And we lived in a number of different places. We lived in Florida, Mississippi, West Germany, South Dakota, to high school in Oklahoma and then left there and went to college at the University of Tennessee, Knoxville. So I'm a VOL, a VFL as we call it. Please don't stop listening at this point if you're for another school. And I graduated with a degree in electrical engineering. But telling you a little bit about my upbringing as a military brat, I think is important because I think it shapes me in so many ways, a couple pieces. I think it's certainly part of the reason that I'm a coach, an executive coach and maybe even more so the defining relationship between me and my dad over the years has influenced me a great deal, made me a better coach for sure. And it's been a big part of this journey and probably why I chose to be a coach and how I am helpful to my clients in many respects it has to do a lot with that relationships in this relationship, in this podcast, we will get into communication and relationships. Cause I think unless you're a hermit, it's inevitable that we are in relationship with others in today's world, and that's often the source of most, if not a lot of our suffering these days is around relationships. And quite candidly, to cut to the chase, the one that we start with that is the most important is the relationship to yourself. So before I get into too much content, grew up as a military kid, really challenging, difficult relationship in many regards with my father, He was a very strong, authoritative military guy, was very successful as a leader in the military. I often have expressed that he's the most self-righteous person I've met on the planet. And I don't say that in a mean way anymore these days. It's just that was my experience of him. But that has been a really important piece for me in terms of my life journey, as well as becoming the coach that I am now. So I'll get into more of that, obviously, as we go into this in more depth. So a couple things about my upbringing that I think are important. So, you know, having that challenging relationship, certainly with my dad. And then the second one would be, I grew up in a pretty messy family, as many of us did, but mine was particularly defined by what I perceived to be a lot of alcoholism. And so if you've been a part of that journey, if you've been a part of that experience growing up, then you know how strange that is, how disorienting that is, how much you can come out of that, not really having a sense of what is normal in life, and so it can make it challenging in many ways, and I'll probably talk about that along the way of this journey and the effect that it's had on me, but also sharing how I've overcome that. Honestly, I've spent three decades now doing a lot of work on myself, a lot of growth, a lot of self-improvement, whatever you wanna call it, and I'm at a place in my life now where it's fantastic. I am probably the best me that I've ever been, and so the gaining of different tools and frameworks over those years And my ability to make those changes is why I want to have this podcast with you. I see many things going on in our culture these days that I think we can improve upon. So that's what I want to discuss with you. That's why it's important to me and hopefully it will become important to you. So, you know, how did I get into coaching? As I said, I had an electrical engineering undergrad degree from Tennessee. I got out and just quite candidly... Didn't do anything with that. That actually, there's a story behind that. That's actually the major that my father wanted me to be. And I didn't have the courage at the time to stand up and say, no, that's not what I'm going to do. That came later. So when I initially got out of college, I took a job in technical sales in an HVAC company. And basically for the first six to seven years out of college, jumped around from job to job in a career search for what do I really want to do? What am I passionate about? And part of my journey after my first job, which was in Atlanta, I then actually circled back to a company that had offered me a job out of college, Anderson Consulting at the time, and they were here in Nashville, Tennessee. And I said, hey, this job is not working out. What about the opportunity to come there? They actually brought me back in. We interviewed. They hired me. And I spent three years there. And that period of time is important in many ways, one of which is that many of my Dear friends today are from that period of time, but maybe more relevant to this podcast is that during that time, I was exposed to some workshops that literally changed my life. And I know that sounds like an infomercial, but it's why I'm doing what I'm doing right now in this podcast, which is, is the ideas that I learned in those workshops have stayed with me now since 1991. And they are the essence of how I've been able to design my life in the way that I have. So the name of that company was Education for Living. One of my work colleagues who later became my business partner, his name is Chalmers Brothers, fantastic guy, one of my dear friends. And his wife invited me to experience the Education for Living workshops. And after some trepidation and some thought, I finally decided to do those. And it was amazing. I won't go into too much detail other than to say they were these series of experiential, intense, emotional, and also fun at times, educational workshops truly to that fit their name, Education for Living. It was about, for the first time, learning a framework, a set of ideas, a way to look at the world, a way to look at yourself that I'm going to say to you today is much more powerful than I think the framework and ideas and beliefs and templates that you get from our culture now. I just have found that it works a ton better, and, and I'll talk a lot more about that. But I continued to meander through life struggling. What I would say is actually a key word that you'll hear me use a lot is suffering, suffering in a lot of areas of my life because it wasn't the way that I wanted, and I didn't really know how to change it at that time. I was getting these ideas but what i learned later was it can be a challenge to implement these ideas it takes a lot of effort a lot of work a lot of practice to really embody these concepts and yet i began to do that and it changed my career arc in that i left anderson i worked for one of my clients in it systems implementation I then took a leap and became an assistant golf pro for about eight months here in Nashville at Hermitage Golf Course. I then decided I was going back to grad school, and this is really where I made the turn into the area I'm in now, and went back to Peabody College at Vanderbilt University and got my master's in human development counseling, and that was very close to what I do now as a coach, but after going through that program for two and a half years part-time, I realized I don't want to be a counselor, I want to be a coach. And there was a defining moment in which that declaration happened. I remember sitting in a cubicle at what was then First American Bank in downtown Nashville, Tennessee, just spinning and thinking, what do I want to do? What do I want my career to be? And I remember thinking, asking myself this important question, what has been the most powerful thing that's happened in my life? And boom, it was like education for a living, clearly well above everything else. And it became clear to me in that instance that, oh, it's coaching. I want to be a coach. And that's when I declared, I want to be a coach. And I committed myself to reaching back out to Education for Living and partnering to learn how to be a coach in the first workshop, the weekend workshop called Stage One, and began studying under my mentor and a man now who is a dear friend and mentor. His name is Mike Papania in Louisiana. Education for a Living was based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana at the time. And so I did that. I kept doing my consulting work with the bank. I had finished up my degree and began learning more about the ontological concepts, which I'll talk to you about in a minute. Very quickly after that, I jumped. I just said, you know what? I know enough about this that I'm going to start a business. And so I began my business, my coaching business in February of 1998, because it'll be 26 years now. I was only into that for a month or two, really didn't know what I was doing as far as running a business. And that's when my dear friend Chalmers, we were actually staffing an education for living workshop. And he said, Hey, you want to go into business with me? I said, absolutely. He had already established himself. So away we went. And I worked with him for about three and a half years. And then he and his family decided to move back closer to the coast, they ended up in Florida. And I went out on my own and really began to develop what I would say is my coaching practice. So really shifting from doing more of workplace trainings to actually working over time, digging in with my clients for six to 12 months or longer to help them create growth and learning in their life. And that's a big part of why I'm doing this podcast, which is having done that now for 21 or 22 years, I can see what works well and I can see where some of the limitations are in our current culture with regard to creating change and growth in our life, which is just essentially human learning. And so that's a bit about me and my journey and why this podcast is getting launched now. In short, I've been doing it long enough now to pay attention to my own experience, but also to what's going on out there in our culture. I just think it's time to get these ideas out there because they're just so much more powerful than what I think most people and you perhaps are using to do your life. Why did I choose this title? Along the way, as I mentioned, people had said, you should write a book or you should speak. And I originally had the title, wake the F up and pay attention and that was gonna be the title of my podcast. But as I sat with it, I realized that the F word needed to come out because that was created back a while ago, and there's an anger and intensity to that that I don't have now. Not to say that there aren't times day to day where I'm angry about what I see in our culture or something that happened that day. And I'm human and we all are. That's part of the range of full emotions. But I just wanted to take that out. Wake up and pay attention fit more. So what does that mean to me? Could mean a lot of different things to different people, but the wake up part to me, I'm going to speak to you and talk with you and share with you and interview other people eventually about waking up. What I think of when I think there's a need for us to wake up is our culture, creates what I call a cultural drift. It's sort of the river that we're all swimming in. And in a way, it puts us to sleep. We develop habits, which can habits can be really helpful, but in this regard are not helpful because it puts us to sleep. It puts us on autopilot. And we need to wake up. We need to start noticing what we're up to, what our habits are that aren't working, why we may not have kind of life we want or certain aspects of our life are not working. And we need to wake up from that dream. We need to pull ourselves out of the cultural drift that we will drift along in if we don't purposely pay attention and wake up. So that's the wake up part. And then I mentioned the phrase then again. So what do we do after we wake up? We pay attention. And this may be the more important part as it relates to the podcast, which is it's about being present. I think of the word presence. And I also think of the word authenticity, which we'll get to at some point. But let's talk more about paying attention and presence. I think so many of us are not paying attention to what we're actively doing in the moment these days, whether it's driving a car, whether it's being around other people. In many instances, we've got our nose buried in our phone, we're on social media, and not that those are bad things in and of themselves, because I don't think they are. I think they just often can be a distraction from paying attention to our own life. Which, quite interestingly, the only person you can change is yourself. Change is not going to happen from changing others in your life. But it demands, I think, that first and foremost, you get present. You learn how to be present in the moment and pay attention to what's going on. When we're distracted and elsewhere, we're missing what's happening right in front of us. In this moment. So, hopefully, that makes sense as to why the title and why might that matter to you? Because it's the foundational starting point for creating any kind of growth or change in your life. Creating any kind of learning means that we can't be in the past wrestling with that, which we often do in our heads and wishing we had done something different, or in the future thinking about what might happen next or might happen tomorrow or might happen a month from now or a year from now. None of that really helps us. We'll talk about later about the value of planning or the value of reflection to learn from your past, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about are you so distracted by either or both of those that you're never in the present moment? You're not awake and paying attention. So it'll be fundamentally about if you want to make any kind of change, that's the place we've got to start. Now I want to talk a little bit about, give you a little introduction into the ontological world so what do I mean by that? I said I'm an ontological coach. So let's start here. I believe each of us has an ontology as opposed in many ways to a personality. And we'll go into that later in another episode. But I think the framework of thinking about each of us having an ontology or the way I define that, and this will be an important phrase. I'll use it a lot in our journey. It's your way of being. What is your way of being in the world? And it's not the same as anybody else on the planet. You may have similarities to others in your life or others you read about or see about or encounter, but no one has 100% the same way of being that you do. And so when we're looking and working with your ontology, we always start with looking at your way of being. So let me say a little more about that. What my podcast will be about is helping you be a better observer of that way of being. Because again, that's ground zero in, in creating any change in your life. And another way I say it is helping you be a better observer of the observer that you are, which is a weird thing to think about. But what I mean by that, your way of being is the observer that you are, literally the way moment to moment you see and experience the world. A different way to say it is the way you think, feel, and act in any given moment is your way of being shapes the observer that you are. So what I'm talking about in this podcast is I want to help you be a better observer of that observer. I'm going to give you some tools and frameworks with which to look at that observer differently so that you can see what you don't see right now and you can then take new action in your life. So what I'm talking about here is It's a different framework or template to look at who we are as human beings, different than the framework or template that you may have learned from our culture, from your family, even from your education. And quite frankly, I'll say now that I believe having played with this framework for over three decades, it's a much more powerful framework with which to try to create and design your life. The frameworks and templates that most, at least Americans that I see are working with are inadequate, ineffective, or just plain don't work, to be honest. There's so many aspects about it. And what I mean by don't work is they just don't get them what people are looking for in their lives. Peace of mind, they don't get them that. Quieting down that head noise, they don't get them that. Having connected, meaningful relationships, they don't usually get them that stop worrying so much about how others are judging you or others' opinions about you. They don't get them that. So many cliches and sound bites that we buy into in the American cultural drift just are incomplete and ineffective and they trap us and get in our way. So that's what I'm going to be talking with you about. Here are some new ways in which to look at yourself as, as far as who you are. And that will then allow you to see things you don't see right now in your life, which then will allow you to see a different reality. That's the tagline of the podcast. See your reality in a new way. Literally will help you see yourself, others, and your world differently. So you can then, this is important, act differently. You will have new choices available to you in that moment that are not available right now. And by choosing some of those new actions, you may find that you get a much better result in your life in certain important areas. And all of a sudden, you start to feel like, wow, this is better. This is working. I'm not suffering. I'm enjoying this. That's been my experience over these three decades. It's incredible when you start to feel like, the word I love to use is design. When I feel like I'm able to design the life, I have some power I'm not at the mercy of outside forces and I can design the life that I want. So that's what this will be about. As I mentioned, we're going to be looking at the observer you are, that if that's who you are, that always affects the actions you can and can't take and always ultimately leads to the results you're getting in your life. Results in terms of your own self worth, self confidence, results in terms of the relationships you have, the friendships. If you have intimate relationships with a partner, Affects those, your financial results, any area or what we call domain of your life are affected by these. And I'll talk more about the nitty gritty details of that as we go along. I want to, at this point, share a quote that I think applies to what we're up to and what I've been saying, which is this. It's actually by Marcel Prost. And it goes like this The real voyage of discovery consists not in seeking new landscapes but in having new eyes. I'll say it again. The real voyage of discovery consists not in seeking new landscapes, but in having new eyes. So that could mean something different for you than me. But what it means to me is it's not about moving and changing where you live. It's not about getting rid of people in your life or adding people to your life. It's, we're not seeking new landscapes. It's not, I, again, I told you earlier, I've moved 20 times in 35 years in Nashville. So if I know anything about that, it's that a lot of times changing the physical location does make a difference, but a lot of times it doesn't. You take you everywhere you go. And so it's really less about seeking new landscapes where things are different and better and more about. Living in your in, in this world that you've created, that you're a part of, the people that are in your life, the family members that are challenging, the in-laws, the spouses or partners, the friends, it's about having new eyes. You to be able to look at yourself with new eyes and look at everyone in your life with new eyes in a fresh way at this point, I'll say like, I have been able to do that over and over in so many different areas of my life. I'm shocked when it happens. It's like, wow, they didn't change or the circumstance didn't change, but how I looked at it, how I thought about it changed, how I see it changed and everything is different. So give you an example. I mentioned the family that I grew up in and how defining my relationship with my father was. When I went to the workshops, I learned to First of all, how resigned I was to my life, how much I felt stuck, but more importantly, how resentful I was towards my parents for so many things that they didn't do that I thought they should have done. And so coming to understand that in a different way and having perhaps some compassion around Them and their life and why they did what they did. I forgave them. It it took a long time, but in forgiving them, it changed my life. So I'll tell you a story. I remember talking to my mentor who I mentioned earlier, Mike Papania over and over again, as I was training to be a coach and I would call him and I would go into my long story about why my parents messed me up and why my dad in particular did this or did that and how it wasn't right and what they should have done. I had just tons of ideas about what they should have done differently. So what I'm describing to you now is literally my internal conversation that I was having day in, day out a lot of times, especially when things weren't going well. how was, So what do I mean by that? That's the little voice in your head that talks to you. We all have it. We're going to talk a lot about that because it's critical to your peace and well-being. But that internal conversation was tainted with resentment. And Mike would say to me, Mark, you're being righteous. You need to forgive them. And I was like, no. And I would hang up. And we probably went through five rounds or more of this. And then finally, one day I remember I called him and was dialing up my story again and griping and telling him, Mike, look how bad it was. You just don't understand. And he said to me again, Mark, listen, I hear you. It happened. You're being right about this. You need to forgive them and move on. And I hung up and I sat with it that time. I was in a small conference room at First American Bank in Nashville, Tennessee, in about the end of 1997, I think it was, or beginning of 1998. And I thought, he's right. I'm paying the price for how I think they should have been as parents, and I'm not accepting the facts, what it was. I had lots of shoulds about how it should or shouldn't have been different, how this was messing up my life. And something happened that day. I don't know what it was, but it was different. And I remember forgiving them right then and there in that room. And at first I said it in my head. And then I believe, if I remember correctly, I said it out loud. And truly this is going to sound crazy but or cheesy, but it was like this massive weight was lifted off my shoulders. And many different areas of my life then began to change because of the forgiveness for my parents. And I'll tell you more about that story as, as we get into some of those topics in this podcast later, but it was easily one of the top three things I've ever done in my life. And it was freeing. Many of us know about forgiveness. It's the gift to yourself. It was freeing to me to finally accept my past that I couldn't change it. It is what it is. And now what? It was a gift to me in order to be peaceful. And so that's an example of the kind of thing that I'm going to be offering to you and i know that's an intense heavy one so we'll be covering things to small degrees all the way up to large degrees and impacts but again that varies from person to person as to what's small and what's large and we'll get into those ideas but it's about like i said it's the quote the real voyage of discovery consists not in seeking new landscapes but in having new eyes literally, my parents didn't go anywhere. I still went to see them. I went to visit them. It's just the experience of going and visiting got a lot more pleasant. It was a lot easier. I was a lot more peaceful. They were still themselves. They still did what they did. And yes, it bothered me at times. And yes, I got upset. And yes, the drive back from Knoxville to Nashville was not pleasant, but fundamentally how I looked at them and engaged with them from that point forward was different until they passed, until they both passed. So that's what I'm talking about with regard to this podcast. So a little bit about what can you expect from me? This podcast is really about first and foremost, being more self-aware, becoming a better observer of your way of being that I talked about, how you see, think, feel, and act habitually, day in, day out. And that is habitual. Some of it is how you're born. It's your DNA. It's your nature. But I believe so much of it is what has occurred in your lifetime and how you've made sense of it and now how you act as a result of it. And so I'll be inviting you to take a deeper look at yourself for the sake of learning so that you can create change in your life. You can create growth, whether it's something small, an area of your life. You may say, gosh, everything's going well, but there's this one area that I'd like to change. Great. I'll give you some tools, hopefully, that'll help you do that. Or it might be a much more significant, long-term learning project, if you will, like mine has been over the last three decades to really heal, grow, and change myself from what I grew up with, quite honestly. So it's about learning. It's about growth. So what will that take? I'm going to be open with you. Just ask that you be open with yourself as you listen, curiosity on your part, be curious about some of these ideas and don't dismiss them right away if possible not being judgmental. I don't have you in front of me, but I'm not going to be judging you. Your life experience is what it is. Those are the facts, the events that happen. Those can't be changed. So when we start looking at some of those, especially the ones you've been suffering with, let's try to do it with as little judgment as we can, with as much compassion as we can, so that we can do what we need to do with those in order to help you get the results you're looking for in your life. It's really just about taking an honest look at your life and then deciding, okay, now what? Where do I want to create growth in my life and how do I go about doing that? I'll share with you one of the very first ideas I talk about with my clients when I do a workshop with them, and that's this. You cannot change another person in your life. The only person you can change is yourself. But so many of us spend so much time and energy trying to change others and the circumstances around us, And then I'm going to say this strongly, but it's almost like, look, guys, the problem is not out there. It is right here. It all starts with you. You're with you 24 seven. So if something's not working, there's something for you to see in yourself and to shift and change. It doesn't mean others don't need to change in your life and you can invite them to do that. You really can. But what I'm saying is your power to create growth and change is within you. So let's keep our focus there. Let's look at our way of being. What do we need to shift in order to have the life we want? The expression I like to use when I'm starting a workshop is this. Have you ever noticed that every time in your life, when things were screwed up, you were there? You are the common denominator in your life and you have been for your whole life. You're with you every second of the day. The only person that's the case. And so, It's really about looking more deeply at yourself. Let's see what we discover, and then let's get about making change if that's what we want to do. And so as I begin to sort of move towards the end of this first episode, I'll repeat something I said a little earlier, which is that I think the framework or template most people have learned in their lifetime, either through their family, what they learned from their family, and let's be honest most of the reason we are who we are when we're 18, if we leave the house at 18, is because of all the stuff we've learned in our family. It's from one or both parents, it's from our siblings, and we have reacted and adjusted to that and developed habits and beliefs about things and ways of acting that either work or they don't work. And my experience has been so many of those things most of us have learned from our family, the beliefs we've developed, what our society is telling us, They just are incomplete, inadequate, ineffective, or they just plain don't work. So here's another way to say this. You've been trying your best with the best intent to do your life and have the best life you can, but you've been doing it perhaps with a poor set of tools. So I want to give you a new set of tools by which to look at your life and then decide how to make some changes. It's really just about that. So that's what we're going to be doing in this podcast journey. Let me share one more piece. So, I told you it's just as a foundational piece to have set in the first episode, and we'll build on it as we go in further episodes. So, I talked to you about, I'm going to help you be the better observer of the observer that you are. Everything starts with the observer. You are your way of being. That fundamentally dictates the actions you do or don't take in life, you, literally the actions you can or can't see. And then you choose to take some, and those produce your results. And that's one of the big fundamental models that we talk about in the ontological world. The other one is this, let me give it to you today. What do I mean when I say be a better observer of the observer you are? The framework we like to use and that I've been working with for over three decades is this idea that as human beings, you know, it's not that we have a personality, that there's this core me that can't be changed. In fact, I believe there's really probably nothing about you that can't be changed. So we believe it's about your ontology, not your personality. And that, that ontology is built of three significant pieces, your language, your emotional state and your body or biology. So it's called the language, emotion, and body diagram for us. So if you could imagine, if you've ever seen the Olympic circles, there are five interlocking rings in our framework, you have three interlocking rings. And having worked with this for as long as I have, I almost believe those rings are much more interlocked than you see in the Olympic rings. They're actually almost right on top of each other. What do I mean by that is they each influence each other in every moment in a very dramatic and powerful way. The way we say it is that all of those are coherent or congruent, and over time they take shape into your way of being. So let me give you just a taste today before we close. What do I mean by language, emotion, and body? The last two are probably obvious, but what do I mean by language? I've already talked to you a little bit about it today, but if you have a little voice that talks to you inside your head, that's language. That's your private conversation. It's your internal conversation. We'll be taking a huge look at that over and over again because I believe that is perhaps the most important part of who you are and how your life is. We've got to make sure you are talking to yourself in a loving, positive, caring way, or at least you have a clear sense of who you are and who you're not in that internal private conversation. You're grounded in who you are. You're authentic in that. And so that's language. In addition, when we are in relationships with other and we're talking and listening to one another, that's called the public conversation. That's language. We'll look at it. What people don't know until right now, this may be the first time you've heard this, is that language is actually generative and creative. This is one of the fundamental ontological ideas. We're not just describing things or not doing any things when we're talking to ourselves. When we're talking to others, we're doing something very powerful. The old adage of sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me is bullshit. Words can do great damage, as we all know. And so we're going to look at the generative power of our language and how you've been using language in your life in a way that works and maybe in a way that doesn't work. So that's one of the three circles. Another is emotions. I really want to It's one of my favorite areas. It's been a guiding force in my own life. My father probably thought I was too emotional. I remember he talked about, I used to cry a lot growing up as a kid and he would say, your tear duct must be connected to your bladder because I cry so much. And I hated that expression. But that was kind of his way of saying, stop crying. You're a boy. You're a man. Stop being so emotional. Look, I'm gonna cut to the chase. Men and women are both emotional. We are wired with the same set of emotions. We just culturally learn which ones to stuff and which ones are okay. And we're going to talk a lot about that. But even deeper than that, I'm going to make some distinctions between an emotion and a mood. So you know the the difference between them so you can work with them in your life. You're not captive to them. So I love that conversation. When I talked to you earlier about being resentful towards my parents, that was a mood that quite frankly had me by the ass. I didn't have it. And because it had me, it was in charge and I wasn't in charge, so to speak. And so we're going to talk about the importance of emotions and moods. What are they? How do you work with them? How do you shape them? And so a big topic in the executive coaching world and the corporate world has been emotional intelligence. So we're going to look right at that. And the last piece is the body or biology. And so that's the third circle. And so what do I mean by that? That literally over time, we walk a certain way, we stand a certain way, we sit a certain way. The shape of your body, your posture is not trivial to your way of being. In fact, I would say as a coach, I can almost look at you and I can tell you how you talk to yourself in your head language and what emotions you tend to live life in just by looking at your physical body shape, the way you stand and the way you move. It is not an accident. So we've got to talk about that. Our body or biology is critical and we'll talk about lots of ways. This is really the realm of health exercise and taking care of this vehicle called our body that's on the journey with us the whole time here, and so i've had a lot of growth and learning in that area, still not where I want to be, but doing a lot of things these days made a lot of shift in the last two or three years and i 'll talk about that with you and and so here 's the deal: all three of those circles are intertwined, they affect one another here's the good stuff if you shift one, you immediately begin to shift the other two that 's the power we have so the work that i'll be exploring and doing with you is Do we want to change your internal thinking? Do we want to change the way you speak out loud? Do we want to change the way you listen to people? All those are linguistic. If we do, we will shift the other two, emotion and body, at least short term. And if we practice it enough, we can create a long-term shift. Do you need to shift your mood in life so that the way you talk to yourself in your head changes and literally you sit and stand and move differently, more confidently in the world? Or do we want to come at it from the body side and teach you some distinctions around the body of resolution or the body of power or fire or the body of openness or the body of flexibility so that you can then change your speaking and thinking and the emotional state you live in? And and again, others will have a different experience of you. If we change one, we change the other two. That's the power of that framework is we change one, we affect the other two. So we're getting almost a three for one bang for our buck anytime we make change in any of these areas. So that's it. A little taste of the other really powerful fundamental model. I think it's time to wrap up the first episode here. So I just want to say this. I hope you've listened to this point. I hope this has been engaging for you that something I've said has maybe provoked or spoken to you or resonated with you in such a way that you wanna come back and hear more. I would love to have you come back and hear more as we begin this journey and go a little deeper into some of these ideas. But I first wanna say thank you for being willing to listen to this first episode. Come be on the journey with me of wake up and pay attention and let's see what kind of growth or change we can create in your life for the better. Well, my friends, that's a wrap for today. I'm so grateful you joined me and hope you feel energized by the insights we took a deeper look at together. If anything resonated with you or inspired new thinking, drop me a note. I'd love to hear your biggest takeaway. Please join me next time as we dive deeper into this never-ending journey of self-discovery. Until then, be well, be present, live fully and authentically. Wake up and pay attention.